Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Twin Peaks The Return Part 4, full spoilers for the episode as always. Well, I guess we're starting at the start, but I mean... Uh, that has typically been the format for these, hasn't it? It has been, yeah. I've got my notes, once again, ready to go. Mm. Um, so we start off in the casino. Yes. Oh wait, actually, hold on, hold on, hold on. I had a, I had a, I've got an all previously on. Not, a couple, couple of things. Uh, one, uh, the second woman in the, the in the fireplace room from the start of last episode. You know, we had the woman yes. with no eyes, then it was replaced. That second woman was Renette Pulaski. Um, comment pointed out. I, I went back and checked, and honestly, I still can't really recognise her. But I looked up, up the actress, what she looks like now, and I was like, okay, yeah, it's, yeah. It's her. I, I did check the credits. I think she, she in the credits, she's just there as American woman. Mm. But you know, yeah. Um, which is interesting. Why is she there? Given like, yeah. I mean, has she died? Is she in the lodge now, or is she, you know, whatever. Uh, Other thing that uh, was brought up is the maybe the woman with no eyes was the thing in the box that killed uh, the couple in the first episode. Yeah, it's um, been pointed out that the movements were similar. I can see that. I think that maybe indicates it's coming from that part of the the lodge. You know, the the rim, as it were, as I put it last episode. I'll offer you another theory, though. What if it was the thing that was banging on the door? And the reason why I say that is because this thing doesn't want Cooper to get out. And my thinking is, is that because this thing appeared in the box, you know, a couple of minutes after we saw Cooper in the box in episode two, my thinking is that it was chasing after him, and that's why it was there at that time. But It's possible. I'm just waiting for the reveal that they're one and the same thing. Uh, the woman and the thing banging on the door? Yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, I could see it. <laughs> I could see it. Um, two sides of the same person. Yeah. Hmm, possibly. Um, but no, so, okay, so we start this episode, episode four, starts off uh, kind of where we left off, we're in the casino. Mm. And, he's still uh, just winning. He's still winning uh, to the point where the little old woman's just coming up and asking for, you know, <laughs> where should I go next? And she's all happy that he's helping her. Mr. Yeah, Jackpot, it's... she calls him. Yeah, that was a great name, and I like this obviously because so that they goes, oh, how many how many jackpots is I like oh, twenty nine, and then he points her to those like make that thirty, and this this was the first sort of moment where it felt like Cooper was still in there because you know after the woman wins and she's really happy, he actually smiles. So it's a it's a subtle smile, but there's a smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's it's it's like he's pleased that he's helped someone. Yeah. It's like that just basic instinct is kind of in there, even if he's not aware of it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's uh, where he runs into um, Bill Shaker, and who's from Allied Chemicals, which is probably not important. <laughs> that's what, but I noted it down anyway, just yeah. in case Allied Chemicals comes up at some point. Yeah, and, and just on the name, obviously we spoke during the, the original show about how Lynch does this with names of multiple characters having mm. the same, because we had the, the Mikes and the Bobbies. Yeah. And I actually noticed it in the, the last episode, the assassins, uh, you know, the, the ones waiting for him at the car, mm. uh, when they're, they're saying, oh, Mikey, we'll need to hear about this. So I was like, oh, another one. Interesting. But ah, okay. obviously this is now the second bill because we got the one before. It's funny you bring that up because I, I, I remember when he said his name was Bill Shaker, I was like, well, that's very similar to the, to the teacher uh, yeah. who was Bill Hastings. From the first Matthew Lawless character, and I, 
I just sort of shrugged it off. It's like, ah, it's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got there is another bill as well. It's um, when Gordon's going into the office, and you know the guy he's with. Yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he, he's called Bill as well. I don't know because it's such a strange thing to do because it's one of the the basic rules of storytelling is you don't have multiple characters with the same name. Oh, this is very yeah, intentional. Lynch, yeah. It is, but and Lynch just throws that rule away. Yeah, it's interesting. There's all these smaller characters outside of maybe Lilith's character, who's maybe a bigger thing because he's more plot yeah, relevant. Yeah. These other characters almost just seem like one and dones where you know will we see other bills popping up, and does that mean something? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he he him and his his wife girlfriend whoever he's with they he's like oh Dougie I recognise you that's someone who knows Dougie and talks to him and tries to figure out why he's there oh, he's got a haircut he looks good he's lost weight kind of thing and they kind of like begin to realise oh something not right like you're you need help Dougie you want to go home and this is where we find out that he he lives in a place called Lancelot Court and he mentions he's got a red door and I thought the red door thing was particularly interesting as a, as a I theme. Did too that plays up throughout this episode. And I'll talk about it more as we get to the scenes. But the colour red is guiding him. Everything yes. that's red is helping him in some way. Either find his way or remember who he is. And I'll, yeah. I'll talk more about I got that. As well. Again, that also ties back into three with the, the women in the house were in red. What in else? the room, not the house. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know why I said house. I was like, hey, house? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, also just the idea that the the door is is an entranceway, and it's it's very reminiscent of the curtains. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was just the idea because later on the the, the the limo driver's driving around and he doesn't know his address. He's just like it's the one with the red door, and he's like he's looking for it, and then he finds it. It's like oh, it's almost like a beacon, and it's almost kind of like it's also the only one that's lit up. Like the actual door, the the door itself has lights on it. Yeah, um, and even the idea of the slot machines, it's you know, the red curtain you've seen above it. Like The, the mm. red is guiding him in some way. Some force is helping him with red. Um, but So he gets the idea of having a cab. This is something that uh, Bill mentions, oh, there's cabs outside. So he tries to go for a cab to go home. And the <laughs> the workers, like the, like the one of the assistants, and then they take them to the manager, the, the, the casino, who's like you know stressing out, holding his throat up because he's... Like, oh, yeah, 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 I love how he's just... We see him choking himself uh, during that first bit, you know, where they're saying, "Oh, it's thirty mm. jackpots," and that's when he puts it up, and then it cuts to him, and he's still just doing it. Yeah, he's he's clearly stressed that he's just he's paying out like tens of thousands of dollars at this point. I imagine. Yeah, because it was it was what twenty four thousand after the first two. Yeah, so it has to be a hundred grand by now. Easily. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how they value it. What's worth what? Different machines, but. Just on the sheer amount, it has yeah. to be. But, yeah, so... It, I did notice something red in this scene as well. And Cooper does kind of like stare at it a little bit. There's a little... The dice. Yeah, a little pile of red dice. Yeah. it's He stares at it, it's like he's expecting that to be a sign as well. Hmm. But obviously nothing comes of it. It's just, it's just there. It just happens Yeah, to it's just coincidence. Yeah. Um, so I do think, though, actually, on that there... I think that's going to come back up. I think he's going to see something red at some point and think it's guiding him. But it's actually going to be just a coincidence and something will go wrong because of it. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It almost feels like this this red guidance thing's less of a... It does, it does feel supernatural. 
Like it almost feels like it, it's because you could almost argue it's too coincidental that all these red things just happen to be red. Like the door was already red to the house. It's not like oh it was no, just no, painted. I agree. I, yeah. I I just I think at some point he's gonna because obviously this whole thing with him is he's just making associations and copying and seeing. He's not actually understanding anything. So I think he's gonna see something red and he's gonna follow it. But that's you assuming. Just cause, that's you assuming he's in this state for much longer. That is assuming that, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not sure if he's going to be in this state for too much longer, given later events in the episode. I agree with that, yeah. Um, but yeah, so obviously a big thing to note in this, you know, the, I mean, the, the, the manager's trying to be like helpful. He's like, oh, can we put you up in a room? He's, tra- he's, teaching him like, he's treating him like a VIP kind of thing because he's, he's this big winner. And uh, It's where he goes to give him the money. He tries to pull him in and he tries to talk to him. And Cooper, like, he really notices the buzz off the camera, like this electric buzz. And obviously, I'm thinking back to the buzz of like the the, the mechanism, the, yeah, the, yeah. the gateway to the, the, the outlet from the last episode. And I was thinking of that. I'm like, is he worried about that? And then, obviously, the the manager just says, oh, yeah, we're watching. You know, as if he's assuming that he cheated somehow to get yeah, us. Yeah. And he, he makes this general thing, oh, yeah, we're watching you. We're always watching you. But I took that as sort of a, just a thematically oh, the people from the Red Room, whoever's helping you is watching you. Or even not even helping, just everyone from there is watching intently right now. It's interesting because I was thinking... I I, I was thinking that at the time, but then just slightly later when he's getting dropped off with the limo, um, Mm. we hear and see the owl. We do hear and see an owl, yes. And and there was always the, the thing like the owls can't see us in here. And the idea of watching... And I thought, oh, maybe there's a connection there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. But I, I... you've not I'm actually said anything overtly with that line. You've, you've not you've not said anything that this disputes. But I was getting that. Though. No, no. I, I wasn't su- suggesting that they weren't actually watching. It was just the manager doesn't literally mean that he, he like, the no, manager no. just means that he's watching him from cheating. Uh, like he's not intent intentionally making yeah. a reference to other things that are watching him. But that's how we are taking it. That's how Cooper. Yeah theoretically should be taking it <laughs> yeah if, if he could yeah if he's comprehending anything right now which not so much but um but that, that's why i took it as i took it as the beings from the lodge are are watching his every move right now some, some for good reasons some for bad reasons but they're all I, watching. I, I did really like how he was mirroring everything as well in that it wasn't just you know we, we see him mirroring actions and you know, words a lot, but in this, it was as he was standing up and leaning in, he was mirroring it exactly as he was doing it. Yeah. So they are in the limo, and we, you know, find the red door. Uh, he gets out. We see the owl fly overhead. You know, it's obviously it's really a somber moment. It's him and the limo driver just standing there, and we hear the. And I'm like, oh, because this is the first owl I've seen in the show so far. Yeah, unless we've missed one. Unless we've missed one, but I feel like this is the first one. Yeah. So it's certainly the first one they've really drawn out and made a point of saying. Definitely, and I was I was almost surprised when they showed it. Like when you just heard it, I thought, "Oh, that's going to be it. That's just enough to remind you that they're yeah. there." Yeah, the owls are like, watching. I I almost kind of would have preferred it, like the idea that it was unseen forces were watching rather than you know because once we see the owl, it's like okay, we can see them as well. Honestly, I feel like I feel like the reason for showing it is because Cooper's so unaware of anything yeah. right now that to him it means nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah, and to the driver it means nothing. I mean, it means something to us because we, we remember the old show. But uh, so, so Dougie's wife comes out, and 
Naomi Watts is playing Dougie's wife because uh, obviously there's a lot of, of actors yeah. who were in the show this season that we were expecting to shot. We didn't know what they were playing. Naomi Watts, of course, is a regular David Lynch collaborator, and she she comes running out and she's like, "Dougie, you've been gone for three days. You missed your son's birthday," and drags him inside. Uh, and <laughs> obviously they sit down at the table. We see the party balloons around, and. She's pissed at him for, like, where has he been? You got a haircut? You know, again, similar ideas. And she's like, oh, what's in the bag? And she opens the bag and it's full of money. And this, like, takes her aback. And she, she sort of stops herself before she says what it is. But you get the, 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 the idea they have money troubles of some kind and this is going to pay off maybe the house or something like that. See, I thought it was a bit more specific than that because she said, oh, we can pay them back. I could just mean the bank. She could, but... I don't know, because, you know, at that point, I feel like you'd say, oh, we can pay off the mortgage. Oh, I thought sure. that would be a more normal thing to say, pay them back, in, it insinuates trouble to me. It could do. I actually, you know what, I thought that the first time, because I watched this twice. And then Again. the second time, I kind of just, like, oh, I can kind of just read that as... Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, you could. It just kind of feels like, oh, regular money troubles. I mean, I might be completely wrong. Next episode, we might find out of... They've got like a loan shark after them because they borrowed money for something they shouldn't have, and I don't know. But um, like, I, I just kind of read it as a normal thing. I I kind of like the idea that Dougie's life, whatever it was, was relatively normal and mundane, mm? and it just no, existed no, for for the sake of it existing. Um, but no, so so she's shocked at that, and she ch- changes her tune a little bit. Uh, we get the really funny moment actually where she's like. But did you win the jackpot? And he's like, Mr. Jackpots. And McLachlan's delivery is pretty this glorious. It's fantastic, isn't it? Um, it's actually kind of funny that this is probably the most straightforward episode so far. It is, yeah. Yeah, like, compared to, yeah, like, three... I know this year there's a double, technically, so to arguably, arguably it's just part of the same episode, but, uh, like, it's just funny how, like, how out there the last one was and how this one just kind of... No, it takes what happened and keeps going with it just keeps yeah keeps, keeps doing what it's doing um so yeah uh dougie's wife by the way is called janie e which is a really weird name but that's her name you don't find it in the episode i just got it from the the cast list yeah, but, yeah they but, definitely never said that because no nah. i'd remember uh, uh, and sonny jim is uh the son's name who we don't see quite yet we see him a little bit later on so we go to with Gordon to the FBI. He's going to visit the uh, the chief of staff, who turns out to be Denise and David Duchovny. Comes sauntering in. It's it's actually really funny that now I feel like last time we saw him, we didn't know as much about the Blue Rose, whereas now we do know about the Blue Rose. It feels very much like oh, the Blue Rose is basically the X Files. Yeah, pretty much. Like, it's basically what it is. Uh, yeah. So having David Duchovny walk in and like, have, I mean, this this will probably be his only scene. I mean, it may not be, but. I could see it yeah, being the scene. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't expecting him to be in it, though. No, especially since he came into it uh, in the off season, as it were, in season two. Yeah. He was in the rough patch. Uh, but no, it was, it was nice to see him. It was uh, Gordon Denise's banter. Uh, Gordon getting a little bit flirty, saying there's room yeah. for two attractive women in the FBI. Or sorry, Federal Bureau of Investigation. Because as Denise points out, sometimes it's just really fun to say Federal Bureau of Investigation. <laughs> She's not wrong. Mm. Uh, there was roses in this scene, but not blue. Yeah, I, I know that because it's like the first thing it cuts to. Yeah, it's on the chair next to uh, Gordon, and what I liked about that is it was kind of like saying, like, 
everything else in the FBI, everything that Denise runs as chief of staff is the normal stuff. That's why it's red roses, because red, red's a normal colour for a rose. And, like, so it's not blue is the point, whereas Gordon yeah. takes care of the blue roses. Very simple and obvious, but like, just a nice little touch. Yeah, but basically, in this, Gordon represents the blue rose, and the the, the rest of the bunch of roses on the other chair represents just the rest of the FBI. Yeah, I, I think it's notable as well that when it's blue rose, it's always one blue rose, whereas, you know, but it's the red, it's the whole bunch of them. You know, yeah. Whole bouquet. Uh, because that's everything else, and that's cool yeah, exactly. and normal. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, that was all I had in that scene. There was, wasn't much to it. It was. I, I, I got a nice chuckle when she's like, "Ah, oh, will you be taking Albert with you?" And he's like, "Do birds fly?" Oh yeah, I'll, I've got some good Albert stuff. I'll get to that. Now, so n- next we go to Twin Peaks. We go to the police station, and we actually got quite a lot uh, here. This was quite an extended section yes. of the show. Uh, which maybe hints that we are getting closer to having more of the show be set in Twin Peaks mm. uh, as we as we get further down the season. Um, so we have some comedy stuff uh, with Lucy and Andy and that. And we meet the new sheriff, who's uh, Harry's brother, Frank, yes. uh, also Truman. And basically Lucy's on the phone to him. Although before I get to like the end of this scene, I want to point out, she's complaining about the thermostat and she's asking all these really good questions about, especially about the automatic timer on the thermostat. It's like, how does it turn on when we're already, like, you know, before we come in? How does it know? She's asking questions like that. Yeah, it's like, if, if we weren't, it's kind of uh, the whole, you know, if a tree falls and no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound? That was basically what she was asking. But if we're not around to see the thermostat, is it still actually on at that point if no one's measuring it yes it's <laughs> my short answer uh, i want to put out there's a photograph on our like on our counter like behind her yeah um which at first i thought oh man that's a really bad photoshop job they've done to give them a family photo and then it occurred to me it's not actually meant to be a, it's not a photo it's, it's not meant to be passed off as a real photograph it's something that she has done or maybe andy's done where they've actually cut out their heads and put them on another photograph yeah. of like a happier family <laughs> And I just, there's obviously, and we'll get to who's playing Wally uh, in a little bit, because more, more of a grand entrance coming up. Uh, but, yeah, so, so she's on the phone to the, the sheriff, and the sheriff walks in. It's like, oh, sheriff, I need to go, I need to go, because someone's just come in, and she she turns around, and he's just standing there holding his, holding his mobile phone. And she, like, gets such a shock from this, she flies back in her chair. And yeah, Andy, she falls backwards. Yeah, Andy has to come out, and he's like, "Oh, uh, was it Pookie? Pucky? Yeah, yeah." He's all, "Oh, I hate cell phones. They did, you know, they do this." And the sh- we get the impression this happens a lot because the sheriff says, "Oh, like we lost connection. I couldn't stay out there all night. Like it's like he knew this was going to happen." Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's the idea as well. Like, like um, we get that that conversation between andy and lucy i think it's maybe just later in the scene of, of the two of them like and he's like it's it's cell phones that means mobile they, they don't have to be there not, it's like you get this we've been over this my favorite part of that is it's not like your phone <laughs> it's not like your yeah. phone they can move around yeah and it's it's she goes oh you're so good at everything else in your job but why can't you get this and, and she's like i don't understand either Honestly, I, I think you have to reevaluate a life when Andy's the one saying, "Why can't you get this?" <laughs> you have to really reconsider your life. I honestly think Lucy might be the only person in the world he can say that to, and you know, it not just be an insult. Hmm. I can, I can, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> um, 
So, geez. Uh, so the sheriff comes in and he we follow him. And I thought this was really interesting because we get introduced to a whole new element here at the police station. And I thought it was really interesting that in the previous episodes when we had Lucy, Andy and Hawk, it felt like it was just them. It felt like the police department was just as small as it was in the original show. Yeah, and we were in the same rooms. Yeah. And then we follow Sheriff Truman through, through the hall. He goes through a door and... There's, a, another, there's an actual proper dispatcher there, which I think is really funny that they've kept Lucy on as a receptionist, but there's an actual dispatcher with like a yeah. proper dispatch like unit. And She's called Maggie. Called Maggie. And there's like a couple of other officers, and then there's like some crime scene guys and over on the other side of the room. And yeah, it was it was this whole thing of, okay, we've got a new sheriff you know, for us, and it's like, oh, here's, here's all the stuff that's new with him. Yeah, it was like, yeah, with him, he will carry us into all the other new stuff. And it actually adds into an idea that I was actually thinking about before with the the bar, the Bang Bang Bar. I feel like that was a lot more packed. Like, the crowds from the last couple of episodes, whenever we've seen it, it feels busier than it ever did in the original show. And I think it's kind of clear as well from the bigger police force that it means, oh, the town's got a bigger population than, than it did. Yeah, I, I'm convinced we are. Go- when Cooper comes in, we are going to get the shot of the sign. You know, the Welcome to Twin Peaks sign. And it's going to have a Possibly. much, much bigger number. Well, here is something I found out, actually. Apparently, the number on that sign was wrong. Oh, really? Apparently, uh, I, I think the network wanted it to be a bigger number, so they made them put it up to, like, I think it was, like, 50,000. 52,000, I yeah. believe, is the number. But I, I always felt that the town was smaller than that. It never felt like there was 50,000 people in this town. Uh, I agree. But apparently, that was the case. Apparently, as far as Lynch is concerned, there was a typo on the sign. <laughs> <laughs> which maybe implies to me that it's more like 5,000 because that's what it felt like more like yeah yeah I agree uh, so that might not work quite that well if. but I, I, I don't think it matters I think if you just play it where you we've seen that number before we know what regardless of what Lynch wants it to be as a typo that is the number that everyone will think of okay. so he, he, he will I think he'll play it bigger still for the sake of the audience alright sure yeah, you might um because it is weird we've not seen the sign yet, actually. It is kind of odd how they've... they've avoided it, haven't they? They've avoided since, having that in the opening. Especially since the first ever image of this this revival was like the, the sheet coming off the sign. Yeah. That was the first ever image they released to say Twin Peaks is coming back. So, at least I think it was, from what I remember. But, but I think that's it, though, isn't it? The whole sign is, welcome to Twin Peaks. And this isn't Twin Peaks yet. Not until Cooper's there. Not until Cooper's backing full mental capabilities okay okay so yeah so we're interested in these new cops and then he then he comes back out and he shouts on another deputy that's walking down the hall and he shouts out the word bobby and lo and behold the camera you know tracks right in up to him as he turns around a uh, big grand entrance and it's it's bobby and you may not recognize him at first but i think after like a couple of seconds you sort of see his face you hear his voice and you kind of you yeah. get that it's him. Uh, and it's this idea that he's uh, turned his life around, perhaps, and he is now, now a valued member of the society, uh, which makes you wonder, is he like married to Shelley? You know, was Shelley talking about her daughter? Was that their daughter when she was talking yeah, about, yeah. Uh, in episode two? Uh, yeah, I think, so obviously, the last time we saw him was him doing his, his businessman stuff with, with Ben. Well, the actual last time we saw him, I think, was in the diner when he was talking to Shelley about becoming a better person. Right, right. Exactly, yeah. So, but, but what I mean is maybe, you know, with Ben actually being a better person as well, he kind of pushed Bobby into it. 
Maybe. I've got another couple of theories when we talk about a couple of plot elements in a second, but um, mm. the first thing that raced through my head, though, when I said, oh, he's a cop, that's a cool idea, that he grew up into this, that he's not a little scoundrel anymore. And then I thought, wait a minute, in Firewalk with me, he actually murdered someone. <laughs> that is true. Hmm. wonder if that'll come back to haunt him. He's got this dark secret. He's he's been all nice guy caught, but it's like, oh no, we know he murdered someone back in the I day. mean, there's plenty of other elements from, from that movie coming in, so why not? Possibly. Uh, so, so we see Bobby, and uh, so so we find out. So the sheriff says he actually found this out with uh, Maggie and that in the other in the other uh, room. But basically, a kid from the high school, Dennis Craig, uh, has OD'd on drugs. He, he is dead. Yes. And uh, the sheriff brings up this up to Bobby. Bobby seems to at least his current job right now as a deputy is to patrol the border with Canada. Because uh, he's asking, is it that 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 uh, specialized Chinese like cocktail that's coming down from Canada? And he's like, oh no, I mean, we've been filming everything, we can't see anything, and and I'm I'm not sure. The problem was that it was coming from Canada. That, that I think they 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 don't know where it's coming from, so that's why he was watching the border to see if it was. Oh, from was there. yeah, but the, the, he was speculating that. It maybe, yeah, that's yeah. why he's asking him because he's the one watching the the border. Yeah. Um, I do have a a potential theory here about this. That Bobby's involved with the drug trade still, mm. because if he's the one, you know, monitoring the border, and he's the, you know, he's he's the one in charge of that. He's the one who could could be letting it through. And then I thought it was interesting. He makes a point of needing to go to the bathroom immediately after this conversation. Now that could just be a quirky Lynch thing. Uh, it could. And so, uh, I so feel he, like you know they know his history. Would they really, you know? I don't know. It was just, that well. It was just a thought. It was just a thought. Uh, I could I could be completely off base here. Um, maybe it's just part of me struggling to believe that Bobby's just completely on the up and up now. Uh, that said, him, him going for a piss does give him the entrance later in the scene that obviously has a more of a moment yeah. to it. Yeah. But, uh, no, nah, so that was actually Bobby. Bobby being in this role is actually kind of interesting, I think. Uh, it, it gives him something unique to do. Yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely not what I expected from his character, but mm. I I can I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it as well. It kind of makes sense because I, I think the idea that some of the the characters grew up to like, all right, okay, I need to actually grow up. I mean, you know, if it is his and Shelley's daughter that they was she was talking about, yeah, Becky, I think her name was. Like, if if that is like their daughter, like was becoming a father, what maybe inspired him to go, okay, shit, I need to. I actually think it was something uh, a little bit different. I think it's something that he talks about in in a later scene. That we'll we'll get to when we get there. All right. Um, so, uh, so we have Bobby in the hallway, and then Sheriff goes in to the into the conference room with Hawk, and Hawk explains everything that the log lady said to. Her. Uh, we have this other cop, this other deputy named Chad, who's a bit of a prick. Uh, the glares Andy was giving I know. him. Yeah, every every time he said something like offensive or sort of disparaging about the log lady, Andy was sort of like he was giving him a glare, and then he'd look over at the sheriff and be like, "Sheriff, go, like, sheriff, are you gonna let him do this? Do something." Yeah, um, and he's sort of insulting everyone because he, he's walking out of the room and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go and talk to my pine cone as he's as he's leaving," mm-hmm. uh, and like Andy's just appalled and like uh, even Hawks looks like Hawks not letting it show, but you can tell Hawks like stop being disrespectful, you little shit. <laughs> Yeah. Or you're going to find out why I'm, why I'm called Tommy Hawk. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, he brings the sheriff up to speed, and that's this whole thing. And then Bobby walks in, and they've got all they've got all these case files, you know, all to do with Cooper and Laura Palmer all out. And as he walks in, he looks over and he sees the photo, you know, the the classic Laura Palmer photo. 
And that's when, for the first time in this new season, the Laura theme kicks in. Yeah. And I'm it not... is. It's, a, it's an emotional moment. It is. And I'm not going to lie. I uh, I proper grinned as that music started to play. It felt kind of like, oh man, it's starting to feel like Twin Peaks like properly now. Because <laughs> that yeah. synth is playing and the piano is playing. And... and then he gets really emotional as well. He does get really emotional. All right, then, go on. I assume this is the scene you're talking about, why you think of a different reason for it. It is, it is, because obviously he talks about how Cooper was the last person to see his father alive. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to get to that. I thought you meant... I, I, I think no, we'll be no. talking about stuff where he's talking about Laura. No, no, I actually think it's this. Basically, basically he brings up his dad, uh, you know, Major Briggs, and we find out that... Because this is funny, because uh, Doppelcoop in episode two... Like, Philip Jeffries mentioned that he went to see Major Briggs. Now, I think at the time we assumed that was a recent thing. Yes. But that, but here we seem to find out, no, this was a long time ago. This was this has been a long time. His father was killed. Um, and we, we find out that he went to see him. He, didn't, he doesn't know what they talked to him about, but his father's work like went up in fire, like, two days later, whatever it was he said. Yeah. Uh, no, the next day. It was the very next day. There you go. Yeah. Um, and... No, I think that's very interesting. Like, what was what was he looking for? What information was he trying? Was he specifically trying to? Because Briggs maybe had a chance of getting regular Cooper back because he knew about the lodge. Could he find his way back? Was Doppelcoop trying to make sure that didn't happen? He was making mm. sure that you know any avenue, anyone who knew how to get to the lodge was cut off. Uh, I mean, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, what was your theory then? What so you think that's caused Bobby to go into law enforcement? Yeah, I think it's the idea that he he lost his father, this this military man, and he was like, suddenly he realized that, you know, because he, he'd had this kind of tenuous relationship with him that we saw. But then after that, he was like, no, maybe I, I should do something. And he, maybe he didn't feel military was right, but police, it's yeah, kind of a, you know, maybe. it's a similar sort of calling. Could be a combination of things. It could be that. And then he stayed in, Tw- maybe it's police because he wanted to stay in Twin Peaks with Shelley because they have a daughter kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe that all kind of. Oh, obviously they wouldn't have had the door at that point but he wanted to stay with Shelley because you know that had already gone down another element I'm going to throw in the fire here now admittedly I should I should probably look this up actually and get the exact wording but do you remember the scene in uh, you know, the original show where Major Briggs tells Bobby about a dream he had about about him yeah I'm sure this is tying into that like I'm sure his choices here because I am pretty mm-hmm. sure that the dream was along the lines of, oh, i seen you and you were okay and you were a better person or something. You know, that wasn't the, yeah. the wording, but it was that kind of gist of it. Um, it was basically I'm saying, oh, I know everyone's going to be okay kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's just like, regardless of what the choice was, like, what was that dream an actual prophecy? Like, was was he actually, kind of like how Cooper's seen things in the future in the Red Lodge and his dreams and whatnot, as yeah, the, I mean, it's not outside the realms of possibility of this show, is it? No. So so was Major Briggs seeing what kind of man Bobby was going to become uh, mm. down the line? Uh, assuming he's not uh, still in the drug trade. Which I don't necessarily think he is. It was just something I thought about because uh, he specifically bringed up the border and then he, he kind of needed to go to the bathroom. I was wondering if he was sneaking off to phone someone or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a possibility. All right, so I, I looked up what the dream was because was, it was bugging me. I didn't, I didn't know. Uh, so... He told Bobby that he had a vision of a grand home and that Bobby visited it sort of peacefully and they embraced. Like, he, he wanted to visit it. Um, which, okay, that doesn't quite apply to what's going on just now, but it makes me wonder if it's foreshadowing something that will happen later. 
Yeah, uh, alternatively, just to, to go into what I was saying about how, you know, maybe the the reason he went into this was because his father mm. died. This is the idea that he, he he likes that they were close in this stream. Like, they had a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is maybe his way of getting closer to him was following in his footsteps. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if by the end of the show, Bobby dies. And we can't, we can't quite show the embrace because, obviously, the actors passed away uh, who, who played Major Briggs, but... I wonder if it'll be implied that that's like maybe we'll yeah, see him walking yeah, just towards see the his house. reaction or something. I can I can even just see him walking towards a grand house. Like that would probably mm. be enough to just say that yeah, that's yeah, what's yeah, about that's to happen, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but in which case maybe Bobby goes out a hero if that's what happens. But no, it's interesting stuff. I this is actually a really interesting direction to take Bobby in. Like I'm actually genuinely surprised and intrigued. Yeah, me too. I wasn't expecting it. I wonder what James is going to be doing. <laughs> Don't. Just, just don't. I don't, don't want to know. <laughs> I want to put it actually. So another, uh, another cop comes in the room to tell them about uh, a visitor outside. I just want to point out that when this cop enters the room, he does it in this really weird way. It's this really. He sort of walks in and he sort of like makes a pose. Yeah, he kind of leans in, yeah, doesn't he? And then he holds the pose for about three seconds, and then he says what he's there to say. But it was it's it's it was one of those little offbeat lynch things that I just noticed is like that's really surreal. Like no one would yeah. do that. It was weird. Um but yeah, he's there to tell him that Wally Brando is outside. Now, if you recall in episode one, Andy proudly stated that Wally was born on the same day as Marlon Brando. And at the time I just took that as Andy being a proud parent who was given a bit of weird trivia about his son. Yep. Me too. Little did I expect that he was going by the name Wally Brando, and even less so did I expect that he would be dressed as Marlon Brando and kind of trying to talk like Marlon Brando. Pretty much. And little did I expect Michael Sarah, although I should have. He's kind of perfect. As... Uh, yeah, yeah. If I'm going <laughs> to cast Sandy and Lucy's son, who's it going to be? Of course it's going to be Michael Sarah. Yeah. I, I have to say... There is no way Lucy ever needed a, a paternity test to, to see if it was Andy or Dix. It's Dix. <laughs> We're agreeing, right? Yeah. I, see, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, see, see, to me, that, that this smug, like, presenting himself as this thing that he's not and keeping up appearances, that to me, that seems like Dick. See, I don't know. He, he's just, to me, he seems so quirky and strange that he's, he can't be anything but these twos I'll be honest though I'll tell you who who he's most likely to be go on James's son <laughs> now bear with me not, now I'm not literally saying that James is the father what I mean by that is I feel like his entire character here is making fun of James or at the it very, is his whole yeah. travel thing or at the very least it's Lynch poking fun at fans for not liking James you know going, going up again back to the, the James is always cool line from uh, yeah. the second episode from Shelley um, but no, so I've written down some notes about this scene and what he says. So he's there to give his respects to the sheriff because uh, his brother's sick, you know, Harry's uh, sick and he's telling Frank that he wants to give respects because he's a godfather. Yeah, um, yeah, I also noticed that a lot. He kept saying, you know, pay his respects yeah. a lot. Um, he also, and then, like, so he finishes that and then there's this long pause and they're just standing there awkwardly and there's a lot of this in this scene. There's a lot of this awkward like space between, and it's almost like everyone else just wants, or at least the sheriff wants to go away, but yeah. while he's like, "Oh, I'm not gonna let him. I've got something else I'm going to say." So he starts talking about uh, how oh, I've came back to tell my parents they can they can turn my room into their study. 
right? So that was the next thing. And then what, got... what's my point? One of my notes here is literally this kid is weird as shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, he then talks about traveling because uh, Lucy's like, "Oh, ask him where he's been." He's like, "Oh, I've been, I've been all over." And he, the, the 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 note I've put down is that he said his map, the map was in his heart, and he points to his heart. Mm. And this is where I proper obviously he's in a little jacket, he's on a bike, but this is where I'm like, okay, we're making fun of James now. This is yeah. the this is James one hundred one here, but turned up to eleven, um, and then <laughs> the sheriff clearly just wants to end the conversation. Yeah. So he he then thinks of something sort of you know bullshit to say back to him. So he says, "May the road rise up to meet your wheels," and you can see him thinking about it before he says it. He's like, "Right, I need to give him a thing. I need to give him a line yeah, yeah. to f- wrap this up." And he gives him that, and then then Sarah's all like you know clutching his chest, and he's like, "Oh, that's a that's a beautiful turn of phrase." And then he says this. This is the, the last thing he says in the scene. My dharma is the road. Your dharma is and he makes this hand motion to indicate the town of Twin Peaks he also he also talks about the first Caucasians finding Twin Peaks and he's into a lot of mumbo yeah. jumbo it, it's basically just an extended comedy scene from at least from what I can tell right now uh, which is partly why this episode feels a lot more Twin Peaksy because we've yeah. got this scene you've also got the Lucy and Andy stuff with the cell phones and there's like, bits that do feel like, oh, this is just quirky to impeach. But then, and then you have the music with Bobby, and it felt like, oh man, hearing that music again, it makes, makes you feel like you're watching Twin Peaks. Yeah, uh, yeah. I do think that whole, uh, you know, the, the the wheels mean the road. That's that's going to be said again, and it'll be like a proper poignant moment. It's 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 going to happen. Uh, may the road rise up to meet your wheels. We'll see it. Do, do you know what will happen? James was going to say that unironically in another scene. And we're going to laugh hysterically. That or James will die, and and uh, Sarah will say that to him. It's like that's his passing words. <laughs> Wally on his grave. He'll put his hand on the tombstone and <laughs> may the may the road rise up to meet your wheels. Oh, I can just see it. Nah, but he was it's... in a bike accident. He's not allowed to ride anymore. I didn't say he was in an accident. James and, was. No, no, I was saying... I'm not saying he'll be in an accident that'll kill him. Oh, no, I know. I just meant, like, the the, the whole... The road will rise up to I, your I think, wheels. I think that that's more reason to say it. It's like, yeah, look, doesn't matter that you can't do it anymore. The road's still got you covered. <laughs> See, I'm just... Now I'm just thinking of, like, James floating through the air down the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All okay. right. That'd be stupid. Right, so we go back to the house. We go back to the yeah. the, the, the the Dougie Dougie Coop Dougie Cooper house. And yes, he's up and he's 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 had clothes laid out for him. And I want to point out here that the the clothes in question are it's a, it's a green jacket. So it's this bright, ugly looking green jacket. And I, what I thought was funny about this is I felt like you know if this guy's a fabrication for either from Bob or from. Uh, other people in the lodge, whoever's behind it. If he's a fabrication, I I actually thought it was really funny, just from a, a colour perspective, 
that they dressed him up in something that was really cartoonish. Like, he's, he's not real. He's a fictional character. Therefore, he is this vivid TV-looking thing. Yeah, I got it as well. It's like the whole thing that they made him stand out more. It's like, mm. it, it was like a... It, it's it's why it, I... For me, this, this reinforced it being Bob's thing, uh, along with some other little bits. But this here, the idea that he was going, no, nah, I'm not even going to... It's like his hubris. He wasn't going to try and hide him. He was just like, no, I'm going to stick him in this, this bright clothes and make him no, stand but, out. I don't care. Uh, the Bob theory is helped because the next thing that happens is that the one-armed man is in, in the lodge and he he gets a message out. So, and again, coming back to this red thing, it's a red yeah. chair. It's a red short chair in the corner of the room that fades into sort of the vision of the lodge so yeah, the, the one-armed man can talk to him. I noticed the, the bed was red as well. Hmm. Um... And here's, here's what he says, right? And that, this kind of uh, backs up your Bob theory more than my good people from the Lodge theory. It does, yeah. Uh, because he says, you see me, don't you? You were tricked. Now one of you must die. Which implies that at the very least he's not in on it, whatever this is. This yeah, is... He, he also he says, when he says you were tricked, he holds up the gold ball. Yeah. It's like, okay, no, look, you need to, look, this is, this is, you were tricked. This is it. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that you're saying Cooper was tricked implies that this is Bob's doing, this, this, yeah. this deception. That was very interesting. That's the only sort of direct Lodge stuff we get. Um, what, what was interesting after this, though, is that, he, first of all, amusingly, he struggles to pee. And I actually, so, so you know, Naomi Watts, like, moves him into the into the bathroom and is like, for God's sake, you're worse than Sonny Jim. And, uh, but what I liked about this scene from a, a, a sort of uh, symbolic, and yes, I'm, I'm reading some symbolism into this peeing scene, is... Basically, it's a sign that he's going to become himself again because he's struggling to hit the pee in the, you know, in the toilet. He's sort of waving around. You can hear it splashing all over the place. But then mid pee, he gets a he gets a hand hang of it. that you can hear it hit the water properly, and it's like, oh yeah. no, he's actually he's figured it out. And I almost took it as a sign of he's going to get there. Like yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and also, it's incredibly relatable. You know, the, the, those those noises. You know, it's making it's like oh, you know how to piss in a while. <laughs> Every, yeah. Everyone's made that that sigh of relief. Well, at the very least, it's been almost twenty four hours since he's peed. <laughs> exactly, it's a long time. Yeah, so no, it makes sense. And then, of course, we have a scene of him looking in the mirror, which, of course, was yeah. very reminiscent of the final moment of the series, uh, season two. Yeah, so, it was also the idea that it actually focused on the reflection, not on him. Mm, yeah, and he looks in as if again, it's making him. It's, it's like he's remembering that moment, even though it wasn't him. Yeah, like, but he still has a connection to it. He's yeah, yeah, the idea that it. he 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 saw it. Yeah, from the um, so yeah. Um, also, I, another small point about the uh, the color of the suit. The the jacket's the same color as the ring, the green. Yes, very, I mean very, it's a little bit brighter, but yeah, that's close. It's, it's as close as you could probably get it. Well, if if you want to keep it looking cartoony, yeah, because if you go to the actual shade of green that it is, it looks like a more serious green. And then, of course, we get a sort of, again, more of this teasing, teasing of actual Twin Peaks stuff, because Sonny Jim, we see Sonny Jim come out, and he gives his dad the thumbs up. Yeah. And obviously, immediately I smiled, because I realised he's going to do it back, and it's going yeah. to feel like old Coop for even just a split second. And, of course, he does. He, he holds up his thumb. And and it was, uh, again, just before the kid does the thumbs up, uh, Cooper actually smiles at the kid. And it, again, it, does, it was yeah. this whole idea that it, it, this he's still that good person in there. He, yeah, the, yeah. The same I was talking about when he smiled uh, for the woman winning. Now, here's another interesting part of this, is that the kid's wearing a red jacket. 
Yeah. And I thought that was very interesting because when they go out of the kitchen, uh, Cooper comes down and he like struggles with the seat and the kid pulls out the seat, he pats it, he instructs his dad to sit uh, down. The kid guides him. He, he then guides him, he shows him how to eat the food, he then pours on the maple syrup. He's guiding him the entire way, he's trying to help him figure things out. Uh, obviously these are basic functions that he's helping them with, but again, just the idea that someone in red is there to help and guide them yeah. forward. Um, but yeah, so again, going back to the teasing, and I don't know, and for some reason I never seen the moment coming until it happened, but the cop hit the table and she said, there's your coffee, and then the camera just sits in the coffee cup, and I'm like, oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> what's about to happen is it part of me like this would have been goofy as shit but part of me thought but you know was just thinking this is going to be really funny if he takes one sip of coffee and then just and smiles. that's it it's back to normal yeah it's just just like that click i'll be honest for a second i considered that was going to happen as well like the coffee would be the trigger yeah but he takes you know again it's slow and drawn out he takes a drink and he immediately spits it out he's like he's not prepared for the heat or whatever like this is yeah, probably just the, the the taste, the bitterness. Yeah, taste, the heat, whatever. And he uh, he spits it out, but he's smelling. He's got this grin, like he, yeah. he recognises it. And he says hi. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure is the first time he said something that wasn't just copying something I else. I think it was, because yeah. Because even before that, he says coffee, but he reads it off the mug. Yes. You know, and she said it as well. You know, the, yeah, she said, here's your coffee. Yeah, Ginny uh, E. Said, said, here's your coffee. So he he's repeating things. He that's that's all he's really done up until this point. Then he said, I mean, admittedly, hi is a very simple word. But it's it's something that he came up with. Yeah, on his own. Uh, which is why obviously we're thinking that he's not going to be in this state for too much longer. If it feels like we're on the path here. Yeah, I agree. Also, something really weird in this scene for me was the music, and I, I don't mean weird in a bad way. It was it was a, a sort of piece of music I actually love, but. It was the fact that it was a piece of source music that was strange. I feel like we don't see that very often at all in Twin Peaks, other than at the endings of the episodes. Um, well, Lynch has been known to use a lot of source music in the past, maybe not in Twin Peaks as such. But yeah, that, yeah. But that, to be fair, that could purely have just been a cost thing because it costs money to have source music. No, no, um, that, that is true. It was just it made me realize it was strange but, because it's um, like, oh, we haven't had much of this. I noticed the music as well, and my my noticing wasn't based on oh, this is source music. My noticing was oh, this is music again. Uh, there's been very little actual music in this this season so far, and then in this yeah. episode we had the Laura theme play, and then we had this piano track playing here. Yeah, towards Dave Brubeck. Aye, take your word for it, and. <laughs> <laughs> but we know we have, we have this track playing and again it's like the idea that we're slowly getting back to some kind of Twin Peaks feeling where there is music I don't think there'll ever be as much as there was in the original show because the original show was constant yeah but, yeah but it, it's the idea that you know the music is representative of normalcy yeah we're, we're like, because he's slowly getting back to being Cooper we're getting a little bit more of it yeah so yeah, that's, that's very cool uh, so yeah that, that was actually the last we see of this Cooper in the yes. episode, uh, we briefly we yeah so we we actually briefly cut to uh, the, the Dakota cop and a forensics person, uh, Constance and Dave, uh, as I've noted their names down again, um, just to show us that they've got a read on those extra set of fingerprints that were in the murder, you know the the, the victim's yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, the 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 male body. Yeah, and 
they can't access them. It basically comes up saying restricted military personnel only. If they need yes. to see them, they're going to have to contact the military and find out, which, oof, I mean, there's only one person in the military we know of. Yep. This, this is a... Uh, it's too much of a coincidence, isn't it? Yeah. And if it's not Major Briggs, then I'd, then who? And why? We'll get to why once we know who. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm just, I'm just throwing them all together. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I, I, I guess my point is, if it's not Briggs, then I don't really care who, because it, by definition, has to be someone new. So I'd, I'm more interested in why. Possibly, unless it's just a case of it's classified by the military. Yeah. Because the person themselves may not well, be the military. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Like, if it was even... All right, let's say it was... This isn't Briggs, but it was Briggs that classified it. Mm. Then... Why is a the question there? But if it was someone else in the military that classified it, we don't, again, we don't know anyone in the military other than Briggs, so I don't really care who at this point. I'm more interested in why. So that was just one brief scene. Uh, yeah, and then we cut over to the FBI. Gordon. Yeah. yeah, Gordon and uh, Albert and Tammy, uh, who are in Dakota and South Dakota, and uh, some funny stuff in the car uh, with you know Gordon on you know not hearing things properly. Uh, he's, also, he's upset. He's not near Mount Rushmore. And Albert, being the dick that he is, has brought a photo of Mount Rushmore. Say, I brought a photo for you, and then he says, "There they are, faces a stone." Yeah, because aye. <laughs> um, so yeah, they they go to the prison, mm-hmm. and they're shown an image of Doppel Coop, and they're like, "Oh crap, it is him!" And they're also shown what was in his uh, car. Uh, there was three items. There was a gun, there was a dog's leg, and there was cocaine. That was the three items. Um, also, they did specify that when he was throwing up, it was full of poison, mm. which is why it looked so weird. <laughs> sure. I just yeah, we, we made a point. And then Albert was like, "Yeah, he must have eaten some of the local cuisine." And then, at which point, Gordon uh, said, "I apologise in advance for Albert," which is just it just made it feel like, "Oh, it's, it's Albert being Albert. He's been a dick to the local law enforcement." Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. No, yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah, that was actually seen in the hall, and then he said something else. Uh, he said something else that prompted the uh, apologies for Albert. But, yeah, yeah, it was after the cocaine gun and the dogs. Like, it was, oh, what? No crackers and cheese. Yeah, uh, that was it. That was it. All right, so they go into like an interrogation room and they talk to Doppelcoop, who's behind glass. And uh, one of the key points here is that his his voice is much lower because it's behind all the, the sound yeah. uh, dampeners and whatever. And yeah, so as soon as the as soon as because uh, Gordon's got a control and it lifts up like a, a sort of a blind or whatever. And as soon as Cooper sees him, he gives him a, a thumb up. And he mm. smiles, and it's especially creepy. And this is what I kind of love, and a lot of this is in the acting here. And I'm really going to compliment uh, Kelly McLachlan here, is that the earlier scene? Because like, first of all, they did a good job of reminding us of that in the earlier scene with real Coop, yeah. right? That this is a thing that he did the thumbs up and the smiles. But what I want to compliment even beyond that is the fact that in the other scene, Cooper doesn't really know who he is, but that thumbs up and smile felt genuine. It felt like the real Cooper. Whereas here, it's creepy and it feels like someone's bastardizing it. And it's, yeah, it's like he knows about the thumbs up, yeah. but it's 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 an impersonation. But it, the, between the acting and the directing here and the lighting, it, it it's super creepy. You know yeah. he's just putting on a show. Mm. Um, and then he says it's very good TC, old friend. However, I don't know. Did you did you did you notice that he said a word backwards at the start? 
I didn't. I was noticing a lot of repetition though. There was he didn't yeah. he didn't say it was very good to see you everyone. He says very very good to see you. And in the next one he says a long long time. And then the other one's like really really. The first time he didn't say very very. Oh, it was it, it was uh, Gordon who said it back, wasn't it? No, no. He said yerv very very long time. Oh, was it? Yeah, he said the first very backwards. Oh, okay. Um, which is that a sign? He's like he's been pulled back to the lodge a little bit. That that the backwards speaks mm. maybe slipping in here or there. He's he's been pulled in. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, Possibly. maybe again. His his hubris. He can't resist. Well, just putting in a little. Yeah, just, he, he just he, he's you know the same way I was talking about how he made the clothes really bright, it made him stand out because he he couldn't resist it. Hmm. It's the yeah, same okay. way that maybe he's going here. Let's see if they can even even notice if I say it right in front of them. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I, I I'm more inclined to think it's uh it's not intentional. Yeah, yeah, probably. Especially since like Gordon wouldn't know about the talking backwards. I don't think. We have no reason to know that, think that he would actually know how to speak in there. No, that's true. So, I don't know. Um, one point, a couple of things. He, at one point, uh, like Albert looks at him, kind of funny. Like he, mm. he's like you know paying attention. He's noticing things. Uh, Doppelkoop tries to claim that he was uh, undercover for Philip Jeffries and that he was coming to debrief. He just so happens to be coming to him to debrief uh, when he twenty five years later, and that's when his car crashes and they've picked him up. So it's obviously very fishy. Yeah, and, and that's another bit where the repetition comes in because he says that whole thing of uh, I need to be yeah. debriefed by you twice. Yeah, yeah, he said it twice. Which was making me think, uh, again, he's been pulled back into the lodge. Is, is he specifically being pulled back into the story part of the lodge where, t- like for him, bits are repeating? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was also interesting. He said, he kept saying, uh, he said, I've left messages. And I was like, this feels like it's almost a pre-recorded message. Like the like the way he's giving these stock like these answers where he's repeating them, it's like uh just repeat. Hmm. Like there's not the it's like I don't have an answer for that, so just you know throw out the last one again. Yeah, maybe. Um, and the, the special creepy part though is when he said he's he's never left home. I've yeah. never really left home. I, I thought obviously other than the obvious stuff here, I thought it was a nice touch in the sense that uh, R. Cooper as Dougie home was a big theme for him, like finding home. Mm. And and you know, that was one of those words that he kept getting stuck on repeating as well, actually. Uh, but so you know, obviously this here again felt like the it felt like a bastardization of our of our good Cooper in the in the same way that we were talking about the, the thumbs up. Yeah, he's almost mocking the idea that this is home for him. Like this is no, this is my home. This is yeah. Uh, or maybe there's even more deeper things there to read into. Uh, you know, maybe you know, maybe he's being cryptically and he's actually suggesting something there like mm. no this is my home i was i was forced into the lodge in the first place this is kind of thing yeah or or maybe he's implying that you know cooper always had a dark side anyway and like this is just really cooper like yeah that, is that what you yeah yeah him? maybe he's because obviously we we spoke about how this the doppelgangerness of him is some of that is cooper it has to have been it's, mod- he has... it's modeled after him yeah yeah and it, it's the idea that how much of this is actually him but yeah, so they're very, you know, apprehensive of this. When they go outside afterwards, like, Gordon's especially, like, creeped out by the whole thing. Actually, I really want to commend Lynch's acting in this scene. Mm. Uh, he he looks disturbed by what he's looking at. Like, he, he can tell yeah. in his face the entire time he doesn't quite buy what he's seeing and there's something not quite right. 
and albert yeah. as well as uh, yeah obviously you mentioned albert specifically has that yeah. moment yeah uh, so no so they go back outside and uh or at least on the way outside gordon says to like the the, the warden or whoever uh give him his phone call and it's it's private you know quotations but i want yeah, yeah. to hear about it yeah. was basically what he said um and amusingly, they make Tammy go into the restaurant because they say, "Oh, you're wearing a wire," and she's like, "Well, yeah, you asked me to," and but they don't want this next part recorded or yeah. possibly for her to, her to even hear it, and they send her off, um, and they act like appear dirty old men for about two seconds, and yeah, I thought the camera was especially pervy at this point, yeah, obviously because it, it works because that's how they are, and obviously we got that bit with uh, Denise earlier, you know, hinting that maybe that's why. Uh, Gordon had taken an interest in her. Yeah. Of course, Gordon tries to assure her, no, 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 I'm old school, you know that. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm very professional. And, you know, how, how, you know, everything I did for you back in the day, you, you can trust me, Denise. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, he asked Albert about, uh, what's this messages thing, what's going on? Um, and Albert's like, oh, well, long time ago, Philip Jeffries contacted him and uh, claimed that Cooper was in trouble and he authorised Philip to give Cooper intel uh, on a man they had in uh, Colombia. And within a short period later, the man was killed. Their agent was killed. A week later. Yeah. Which, obviously... They didn't say he was killed, they just said he was dead a week later. But again, I just want to point that out, because Briggs wasn't... They never said he was killed, he was just... He was in a fire. He was killed. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the insinuation is for us is that he was killed, but they don't specifically say killed. They just say he was dead. And I think maybe maybe it's meant to look like accidents. Even Albert thinks he was killed. You can tell it in his voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but no. So that that's uh, so he brings that up, and you can see there's guilt in his face that he like got this person killed. Um, this at least from the currently it sounds like Doppelcoop way back when got this intel so that he could do whatever he's doing because we know he's involved in yeah. cocaine and stuff so maybe he was doing yeah, something yeah. there um again philip jeffrey's been brought back up you know when was this did albert think this was weird that philip jeffrey's is contacting him and even at the time like you know just after the show it, he'd already been missing for a little while yeah uh so no i, I think that's I, interesting that's a little thing in the in the direction here as you know as it zoomed in on their faces and you know they were just the two two faces were most of the screen mm. Uh, the we've got this proper blue tint came in that links up um yeah with uh what you said because basically they start talking about oh, something not right here and i don't think we completely understand it there's something you know otherworldly and do you know what i mean by that albert he's like blue rose and he's like it doesn't get any bluer yeah yeah he goes uh i don't understand it and he goes do you understand it and he just goes blue rose it's great yeah, so so they get to this idea that you know, this is this is officially Blue Rose territory, and then their final idea, their final idea is that before we proceed, we have to make sure one other person gets their eyes on on Cooper, Doppelcoop in this case. Yeah, and he says, "Do you know where she is?" She goes, "Do you know where she lives?" Oh, she lives, and he's like, "No, but I know where she drinks." Um, and cut to, cut to the end. Cut, cut to the, the, the bar, which was a bit of a mystery because I thought because it was cut into a bar, <laughs> it was going to show someone drinking and then that was going to be... I did as well. Yeah, who it was. Although, and I think, obviously, the potential, like, you know, who is she? I think there's a few potentials. The most likely one for me, though, right now, is Diane. 
Hmm. See, I was still thinking maybe it wasn't as much of a mystery. It never showed us, but maybe the the, the bang bang bar was still accurate. All right. Okay. You still think they're at the bang bang bar? Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, you know, someone that he had a, a relationship with. Audrey, perhaps. Yeah, but here's the thing. What? Why would Gordon think Audrey? Like, Gordon, I like, did Gordon ever even meet Audrey? No, but he'll have listened to all the, the you know, when he went missing, they'll have listened uh, to all the Diane sure. tapes, I'm sure, and got all the information. I mean, Albert never met her either, I don't think. This is someone that they both know would recognise if it was really Cooper. Like, you know, this is someone that they both have a connection with. And he, even... What uh, about... Do, do, well, what about Annie? Cause we, do we not actually know what happened to her? We don't know what happened to her yet. And obviously we know he, he Gordon definitely met Annie. Gordon did definitely meet Annie. Um, that said, though, I don't know if Heather Graham's in the show. I've got a feeling... I, I don't know, yeah. I, I, but then I again, th- I didn't know Michael Sarah was in the show, so... Yeah, no, but I think in terms of the cast who were in the original show and were meant to be coming back, I'm pretty sure her name is one of the ones that are right, definitely not coming back. Um, then again, it wouldn't surprise me if Lynch just kept that secret. He's like, no, no, everyone, shut your goddamn mouth. Like, as far as the world's concerned, Hella Graham's not in this damn season. Uh, but yeah. then she pops up anyway. Uh, I could see that happening. Uh, I'm thinking Diane, partly because A, someone that both them from an FBI perspective would mm. know, would, would like she knows Cooper well, and they would know she knows Cooper well. Uh, also, I'm expecting, because Laura Dern's met a shop at some point, and mm. she was in the uh, the variety photo shoot. She was like, you know, it was it was... McLachlan, Lynch, and Laura Dern. And we're four episodes in, and Laura Dern's not shown up yet. And she seems to be, you know, prominent in the marketing to an extent. Yeah. yeah so fair. I'm thinking she's Diane. Oh, that would make sense. I'm thinking she's Diane. Uh, which would be exciting in and of itself to get to meet Diane. Yeah, that'd be a big moment. I hope, I hope we see her house and it's just like racks and racks of audio cassette tapes. Oh, man. I just I love the idea of it all still being on tapes. Like, like the idea it would be kind of sad though wouldn't it that the idea that, that Cooper went missing she couldn't move on so she had to keep all the tapes and that's why she's drinking exactly she's drinking every night listening to tapes if that's the introduction we get to her that's going to be really <laughs> sad that's going to be really sad oh, sure, I didn't think we were going to go as long in this one because there was less it was, weird yeah it was, it was more straightforward wasn't it uh, but somehow we've done it Somehow yeah. we've done it. Uh, but here we are. Um, no, I, I, this was an all solid episode. Th- th- this was definitely the least weird and the most Twin Peaksy. We're not quite feeling like it's the old show yet, but there was a lot more moments that reminded me of the old show. Yeah, just in um, terms of the, the the tone of it, like I say, the weird stuff did happen in the other show, but not as often. And it wasn't that often that it got really weird. No, it was once in a while. And I'm not even saying I want it to become like the original show. I'm just pointing out what I think it's going to do. Uh, and it feels like it's it's transitioning. Uh, yeah. I really feel like there's going to be a point where Cooper knows who he is. Because even the, what the one-armed man said to him, one of you have to die, that puts us on a clock. And I even said that uh, last episode. I said, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be have a, a, you know, a finish time. There's going to be a deadline yeah. to this. Uh, because it's cheating and it's not meant to have happened. Uh, he's going to be on a clock and the one armed man confirmed this like one of you have to die Uh, so this is uh, this is uh, very interesting going forward it is Um, so now we've got another old character coming back as well we've got Bobby we've met the new sheriff Uh, who's good he's uh, uh, Ben Forster or sorry Robert Forster 
I'm saying Ben. Uh, but Robert Forster, he's worked with Lynch before. He was in Mulholland Drive for a brief scene. He may have been in some of the old movies. I can't remember at the mm, moment. Uh, obviously, No Man Watch was in a couple of his movies as well. Uh, yeah. So, no, it's interesting. It's interesting how Lynch can call upon all of his Hollywood friends and be like, come and do an episode or possibly several, depending on some of the characters. Yeah, it's it's it, to going back to what we talking about last episode. This kind of being like a, a last hurrah for Lynch. It's kind of like, mm. hey, I'm just going to get everyone, everyone I like. You're all invited. Yeah, because it makes me wonder, like, how much of Michael Cera will, will we actually see? Like, it feels like there can't be that much. Surely, we could never see him again, and it'd be like fine. Yeah, but I agree with that. I feel like we'll probably get one or two more appearances, maybe. It depends. I, I can have no idea what. Yeah, maybe yeah, he'll he'll just go off around the world. We'll get a postcard. We'll get a postcard and the, the guitar theme will play. If, as we... if we actually get a postcard, <laughs> I'm not sure I could take it. Mm. And will there be a character named Evelyn that gets immediately killed by something very violent? Because that'd be God, I hope so. That'd be therapeutic, wouldn't it? That'd be amusing as well. Oh dear. But no, that's, uh, that's, that's Twin Peaks. By all means, let us know theories and thoughts and stuff uh, and comments. Uh, people have been doing it so far. Some good stuff in there. Um... But no, uh, so we're we're continuing this journey. Now we have to actually wait a week for episode five, uh, and just have one a week. I'll tell you this though, I, I feel like I'm going to look fondly back on this summer by the time. It's it's funny because a, a couple of months ago, yeah, before we'd started watching Twin Peaks, we were like, eh, this summer's not looking that great for TV." Mm-hmm. But this this is probably going to make up for all of it. Probably. Yeah, I mean it's still it's still a lacking summer in terms of there's not many shows to watch, but but the, the quality, Twin Peaks is really all we need. So exactly. <laughs> so here we are. Uh, so yeah, let us know what you thought of the episode and stuff in the comments. Like, subscribe, all that stuff helps us out a lot. Get us on Twitter at mail underscore fuzz. You can support us on Patreon dot com at patreon dot com slash TV. So if you want to see some bonuses over there, you can do. Uh, but otherwise, guys, that is us. So thank you very much for watching. We'll see you next time. Have you got any vanilla? Thank you.